Welcome to the Expat Cast. This is the podcast where expats share stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to feeling at home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole, and today on my walk to work, I rounded the corner and I was walking along this cobblestone alleyway leading up to this giant old cathedral, and all around me, farmers were setting up their stands for the farmer's market. And it was really beautiful, but I was also kind of sleepy, so I was just walking and enjoying it and yawning when a bird flew into my face. Just fully, just fully into my face. I just was walking with with my mouth open, let's emphasize that, when a bird flew into my face. And then just flew away, just kept flying. And I was sort of just left standing there looking around like, did this really just happened like full off in the middle of my face didn't graze my head no like fully into my glasses and I sort of looked around to see if anyone saw this like maybe is it real and there was just these two guys standing by a sausage stand and the one just kind of shrugged at me and the other looked at the bird and then back at me and also then just shrugged at me so I just shrugged and kept going and that's how my day started (laughs) I hope you guys are also having really great days. (laughs) Also, I'm sort of wondering if when I wake up tomorrow morning or at some other date in the distant future, I'm going to have magical superpowers, like kind of like Spider-Man, but pigeon woman. (laughs) That does not sound as cool at all. Okay, I take it back. I don't want to be pigeon woman. Um, Okay, so I actually had a different story in mind to tell you guys to introduce this episode, but then the pigeon thing happened, and like what? Like, I'm not going to talk about it, but anyway. Today's topic is not superpowers, however, it is loneliness, which feels like the opposite of a superpower, in fact. (laughs) This topic is what I'm really excited to talk about, because it's one that really hurts a lot, and that we all experience a lot. I know so many people who talk about expat friendship and they talk about it like it's this magical thing. Like I've heard people have the experience where they just meet another expat and there's so much that bonds them about their experience that they just become instant, deep, lasting friends. I don't think that I've really ever had this experience. I mean, I've definitely had people where I meet up with them and we just click right away and it's always been easy with us from the get-go, but I've had that in my non-expat life as well as my expat life. And honestly, if anything, I've had fake moments of this. I've had moments where I am connecting with someone about our expatness and all the things we have in common in that area. And it takes me, in fact, longer to realize that we don't have anything else to talk about and that this friendship isn't actually that deep. It's not even really a friendship. It's just we are going through the same battle and we have similar wounds. Yeah, and so finding that out can be really hard because when you are moving abroad, you you really do need friends. You really need a community to help you figure it out, get through it, and start to feel at home wherever you are. So these experiences where it's sort of a fake out, you think you have a close, amazing expat friend, but then you realize you don't is really hard. Or on the other hand, expat life's very transient. So maybe you do make good friends or maybe you start to build something that could develop into something really great and then that person moves away. I'm sure all of this stuff has happened to all of us. And for those reasons, I'm very excited to talk about loneliness today. And gosh, do we have the perfect guest. Her name is Gabriella and I'll let her introduce herself and tell her expat story. But she is a fellow expat, a fellow sometimes lonely person, And she's also a life coach specializing in expats. 
So she's got a lot of her own experience to bring to the table, as well as some experience that she's collected through working with her clients. And man, oh man, was it a good chat. So I think it's time to stop rambling about pigeons and move on to the interview. So here it is. Enjoy. I'm Gabriela Encina. I'm a psychologist and an expat coach. I'm originally from Chile. I'm an Austrian citizen and I'm currently living in Spain. I'm abroad since 2010. I spent seven years in Vienna, Austria, and now I'm two years in Spain, actually currently in Valencia. I've heard so many amazing things about Valencia. I really, really want to visit. Is it as amazing as people say? (laughs) It is. It is indeed. The weather is fantastic. Uh, the prices are really, really nice in comparison to Vienna, for example. <laughs> the people are really open and uh, social and they're really loud as well. Hard to get used to it at the beginning, especially from Vienna. Yeah. But it's a really beautiful city. It is really uh, easy to uh, ride a bike uh, oh, cool. in Valencia. That's really, really important for me. And it's big enough but not that big that you get lost and it's small enough that you feel like you're in a, a little town that's what it's i always say about city. freiburg too yeah it's exactly this right mm-hmm. balance between enough to do but not too much <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly yeah. the, the, the perfect balance yes <laughs> but that's really interesting to move from vienna to valencia because like you were already saying like that just culturally is so different um i know there's the whole like warm culture uh cool culture theory yeah I mean Vienna is definitely more of a cooler culture and Vienna and Spain generally are much more open like you know I would never think to describe Vienna or Austria as loud <laughs> the way, you know that no, you said that definitely not Valencia is yeah did you um did you make that kind of switch intentionally the second one yes uh, the first one from Chile to Austria it was for love because I met my husband in Chile and after seven years of speaking German and thinking in German, living the winters in Vienna, I was fed up. We were fed up and we wanted uh, a better weather, more sun. So we moved to, to Spain. But actually, although the, the people in Vienna and in Valencia are really different, I never felt not welcomed in Vienna. Uh, it, they are really different people, but I really like the Viennese people. They are really uh, direct they're really interested in, in different cultures and in different languages. So I felt really um, at home in Vienna as well. So the, the, the only motive was the weather, actually. Yeah, I was... <laughs> you can was relate, just, right? Yeah, I can totally relate. I was just saying, like, today <laughs> is the first day in Freiburg where it doesn't feel just like thaw cold. It feels like winter cold. And I'm remembering mm-hmm. how uncomfortable that is so (laughs) well okay so I'm really excited to get into today's topic with you because it is definitely something that hits every single one of us expat and otherwise but especially expats so let's Mm -hmm. just kick it off with like really getting to the gut of it which is when was the first time that you noticed that you were lonely once you moved abroad the first time I think it was I don't know maybe six months after I arrived 
in Vienna because at the beginning it was everything was really exciting and I was discovering a lot, uh, a lot of food, a lot of landscapes and, and cultural things. But after that, I started to feel lonely. I didn't uh, have any friends, uh, and a part of that, I was losing the regularity, the everyday life with my people in Chile as well. Because when I first arrived in Vienna, I was meeting them actually almost every day, like in Skype or, or WhatsApp or whatever. And then these meetings uh, became um, not that, uh, I mean, we, we, we met maybe twice a week, not every day. So I was feeling, uh, I was losing touch with my people in Chile and I haven't uh, got friends in Austria. So that's, that was the time when I said, okay, what am I doing here? I'm, a, I'm all alone. I have to do something about it. But that was a tough time, especially winter. It was in, in, in the winter time, so it was really tough. Oh, that's exactly what I was mm -hmm. about to ask, because I feel like winter can be a pretty beautiful and uplifting season in its own way once you do have a good community. But if mm -hmm. you don't, the thing about winter is everyone just sort of retreats. And so when you have people to exactly. retreat with, then it's quite nice. Exactly. But, but if you don't, exactly. oh, it cuts you right to the gut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. They, they meet a lot They have in their homes. Like when you are really friends with somebody, you spend a lot of time in their homes. So I didn't know anyone. My husband is not particularly a social person. <laughs> so I, I was on my own on the quest. The quest of friends so that was tough because when at i think four yeah at four it's already dark yeah. you don't have um, as much motivation to go out and, and and do something right so that was really hard but after i don't know maybe one year it got better but at the beginning it was tough mm -hmm. well and i think yeah. too like when you're especially when you're just moving abroad you're going through so many serious and heavy things that for me at least i noticed i wasn't really all that interested in, in having more surface level friendships with people which could also scare mm -hmm. people away like if they asked me how I was and I was like oh I'm like really super stressed out or annoyed because of this thing with my visa or this thing or that thing that might not come across super well <laughs> with someone that I don't really know that well who doesn't really click with me but that's where my brain was at and so I didn't want to like turn it off to be to be more surface level to get to know people but that's all to say i think even if you do find good people to click that you do click with i think it takes time to develop to the point where you're really in it with them you know what i mean yes the connection you mean yeah. like you are like really feeling like in sync with this person right or with these people because it's it's difficult to uh to relate especially in another language i don't know how was uh, how your experience was but in Austria, although they speak English, they prefer to relate and to, to have social interactions in German. So for me, it was, and, and for the people that I know that are in, in other countries, they speak different languages. It's even more difficult to con connect with locals because if you're in touch with expats that speak English or your language, it's easier. But if you want to get in touch and to make friends with people, with local people, it is difficult because of the language as well. Yeah. So that's another barrier and that's another layer of the difficulty of being lonely abroad or alone abroad. Yeah, that's so true. I feel like that definitely mm -hmm. comes into play. If we look at like expat loneliness and not just sort of quote unquote mm -hmm. normal lo loneliness, I think that's a huge thing is the language is a question. Even if you are relating to people and, and becoming friends with someone in 
a language that you feel more comfortable in. Like, for instance, if you were making friends with someone in Spanish, maybe the, the connection and the friendship is easier in that language. However, there is always this thought in my mind of like, oh, I, I maybe I should be speaking more German or if we're, we're on the tra- train together, we're in public together and people here are speaking another language, are they going to think certain things of us? You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I think even when the language isn't the barrier in and of itself, it's still present. And a lot of the times it is the barrier, yes. you know, so yes. I, it's kind of mm-hmm. a lo- little bit of a lose-lose on that front. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You, you address a very important thing, the shoots. I should do this. I should contact more people. I should feel, uh, I, I shouldn't feel so lonely here. I shouldn't, I shouldn't, or, or I should, I should. Those thoughts and those feelings of have to be something or if you are presenting yourself to people all the time, like you want to meet friends and you want to make a good impression, right? So you are presenting yourself in a, maybe in a way that you think that the others will like you. And one of the things are you should speak enough of the language so they can understand you, you know? So if you, you, you don't meet your own expectations about doing it, that, of presenting yourself in a good way, so you feel lonelier because you uh, are frustrated and you feel uh, like you are not good enough for these people. And so it's like a vicious circle. It's, it's really complicated to get out of there because you are demanding so much of you. And when you, you don't get what you want in terms of meeting people, it's your fault. You think it's your fault and it's the feeling of isolation. It's worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I know at least in Germany, and I, I'm guessing maybe it's similar in Austria. The big mm-hmm. idea around making friendship is that you join a club or an activity, and this is where you find your community. So I know people who join a volleyball team, and then they're you know they're really in it. All of their teammates mm-hmm. are their good close personal friends. This was always something I felt like I should should try. Um, my problem mm-hmm. was though, I all of my activities are really things you do alone and. I like that. <laughs> That's a problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but recently, I, I'm giving it a go. I joined a swing dancing class, like a Lindy Hop dance oh, class. Oh, cool. Yeah, uh-huh. and I'm, I'm there mm-hmm. and I'm doing it because I love the activity, but I'm also like looking around like, oh, wait, this is, this is what they're always talking about, that this is like an activity, a club where I will meet people and become more integrated with the locals. And honestly, mm. it's, it's not happening so far. And now I'm like shooting myself in all these other ways where I'm like, okay, well, I should just make more small talk with these other people or like try to engage mm. conversation. But I'm not very good at dancing and speaking German at the same time, it turns out. So th- <laughs> this is also not going very well. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so far, mm-hmm. all of my friendships that I've made have been at least in part in English and so I don't have my German is fluent now however mm-hmm. I haven't practiced my social German muscles very much and so I kind of don't know I mean I know the words I just kind of don't know how to put it all together in a way that presents my personality and so I feel like mm-hmm. now that I'm really trying and I am putting myself out there I'm still running into shoulds and I'm still not very successful <laughs> Yes, and the thing about the shoots, it's exactly what you're describing. That was perfectly described. It balance between what you want and your goals. For example, you you said that you were not that great with uh, social things. You, uh, I mean, your hobbies or the things that you like is more like uh, a loner thing. Yeah. Uh, but you find a balance now with the swing classes. You are enjoying it, and still 
it's a barrier or it's a, it's a um, thing to overcome. It's the the thing is to, to the first thing that it's recommended that I recommend is to find the things that you love to do, because we are so focused in meeting people, just meet 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 meet, meet people. So you don't enjoy what you're doing, and you uh, the people notice that as well. So you feel uncomfortable, you feel uh, like you don't belong, maybe, maybe you don't understand the language, so there's nothing there to motivate you to do that. If, if you find something that you really like to do, hopefully social, but not, if, even if not, how do you say that, book club? Right. <laughs> you, you, you read the book alone, but you comment, uh, you talk about the book after, so it, it, you, it combines both things, right? So, so it, that's a good, maybe it's a good balance to find. But mostly focus on the things that you like to do. And then you will meet people that like that thing as well. So you can have at least something in common and uh, start from there to make, maybe make uh, or build a friendship. Apropos being yourself. For example, when I was in, in, in Vienna, I, when I was uh, working, I was the only foreigner in this company and this place. We were uh, 20 women. And I was the only one outside from, from Austria. And I'm like the way I am. So I'm really physical. I mean, I, I hug a lot and I, 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 I touch a lot <laughs> because that's the way we are in Chile. And uh, at the beginning, the people were reacting like really uh, suspicious or just <laughs> uh, they, they didn't know how to. But after, I don't know, six or seven months, they were hoping for my hugs. Oh. They were looking forward to it because they were so, they feel so great when, when I hug them, this, my colleagues. So I never uh, lose my touch, my, my, the way I am. So I hug them anyway, and they liked me the way I was. So it, 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 it's really simple, but it is a fact when you present yourself the way you are and not trying to be someone else, it, you will be accepted for the people that you want to be with. You know, from the, the, the people that you are going to connect anyway. I love this advice because especially as an expat, you're you're often trying to integrate yourself, right? You're you're trying to learn this new culture, this new language for, for many people, and blend more into the surroundings that you find yourself in. And that's generally a good thing to do. However, mm-hmm. I find that it is tricky when it comes to things like social situations because Sometimes mm-hmm. when I try to do what I see the people doing around me, I'm like, oh, this is not what I want to do. This is, you know, this is where my sort of cultural identity really comes out. And and it feels way better to be, like you were saying, like more touchy, even if the people around you aren't, mm-hmm. if that's what you, that's mm-hmm. what's true to you, you have to do it. And it's mm-hmm. hard to find that balance, but I think it's so important to keep in mind. So I'm so glad you said that one. Yes, and, and another thing, it's important as well that about the language. If you make mistakes, if you don't speak the language perfectly, it doesn't matter. People that want to relate to you are going to try to understand you anyway. Even if you speak like a caveman, like, <laughs> uh, people understand you anyway. It's really easy to say easy things, not uh, talking about politics or religion or philosophy, but uh, everyday things, you can express them with basic German. So um, if you try to talk in a way that the others will understand you, it's enough. You don't have to be perfect. Uh, most likely, you will not be perfect in the language that, that is not your own, like my English, for example. But it's enough to communicate and for people to know you. 
So don't think about all the mistakes you're making, but the advantages of speaking the language. Yeah, that's definitely, I definitely would agree with that too. You can get so in your head in German about conjugating like der, der, das correctly and getting mm-hmm. the right one. Mm-hmm. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And I like what you said too. If the person really wants to get to know you, they're not going to let the language be the issue. They're going to exactly. forgive your mistakes mm-hmm. and they're going to mm-hmm. learn your accent. You know, that's another thing. The more you listen to someone speak, the more natural it is to understand their accent. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. I, I used to uh, make up words in German. <laughs> And, and and people love that. I I put uh, Spanish words and I Germanized them. <laughs> I, I I made a couple of friends think of that because they were so they find it so charming. Yeah. So so it was really really. I, I will tell you about it. That's later. so cool. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, and that shows so much of who you are too. It shows this playfulness, this creativity, this this uh, mm-hmm. confidence in a way, this this desire to put yourself out there and not stay within the lines always. Mm-hmm. Even exactly. such a simple yeah. little thing like that. Because I know for me, I can remember before I was really good in the language, I just felt like this huge burden of frustration because I, I was mm-hmm. such a big person and my vocabulary was so little. And so my big personality mm-hmm. got squeezed into a tiny jar, it felt like. But really, I was putting myself mm-hmm. in that jar to a certain extent. And if I let the pressure go a little bit, I'm sure I could have come up with more creative ways to use my small vocabulary more effectively and show my personality. Exactly. The, the, the people appreciate that you're, the, you're your worst enemy in that matter, right? Because you punish yourself because you're not perfect. And it, it can be so great and... and, and and be so carefree to do that, the, the, the inventing words or making mistakes, mistakes all the time. Did you have another tip? Because I'm loving these. Be yourself. Like I said, it, it sounds so cliche, but uh, actually uh, don't make an effort to, to, that the other likes like you. Be yourself, be the way you are, the way you were at home, the way you like to be, because you will attract people that, that you want to attract. About meeting people, be open in a way that maybe the people that you are meeting, maybe you don't like them at the beginning, or maybe you think that they couldn't be a, a good friend or a good acquaintance to you because, I don't know, you don't share the same political views or religious views or whatever views. <laughs> give uh, people a break and give them a second chance or maybe a third chance to get to know them better. Because uh, that's, I can, I can uh, talk uh, about myself and about my clients as well. It's like, if I don't like you at the beginning, you, I, I, I don't like you at all. So come to the next person, please. Yeah. Especially uh, within experts. Everybody's nervous at the beginning. Everybody feels lonely. Everybody are seeking friends. So when you discard them right away, it, it could happen to you as well. It, maybe someone is discarding you, even though you know you could be a, a good match with this person. <laughs> but uh, you were nervous uh, or you couldn't say the, the right words. So it's important that you be open in that matter. So give the give them another chance to get to know them better. I experience this actually <laughs> even within people from my country. So I'm from the East Coast mm-hmm. of America. And actually a lot of my friends who are U.S. Americans are from the West Coast. And mm-hmm. I somehow had just never met that many West Coasters before. So I didn't really know a lot about that culture and the way that they speak and so two of my closest friends are from the west coast and they both to me come across as kind of 
flat and unemotional Mm -hmm. and distant. Mm -hmm. And when I first met them, I really thought that they just didn't like me because they weren't very bubbly or expressive. And I I tried not to take it personally. I was just like, okay, well, this isn't going to be a good friendship. Then we kept meeting and we got to know each other more. And I learned to read their body language and their facial expressions and their tone. And now I'm like, oh, no, like there's such warm, open people, and I just didn't know Mm -hmm. their cues. And this Mm -hmm. is, again, people within my own culture, within my own language. So add into that making friends from all around the world, and it it can just be a learning curve where you just need to learn not their verbal language, but these other languages. And actually, I would love to ask you that if you experience that now that you're living in Spain, you're Mm -hmm. back in a situation where the language is your own language, however it's different. And I'm wondering if you've experienced anything like this where you're similar enough that you might think you know certain things and then you realize you don't. Yes, indeed. I mean, almost every day when I watch uh, the news or when I'm going to the supermarket and I hear people talk and uh, where I live, uh, they speak Valenciano. That is is a, a little... I wouldn't say dialect because they are offended by it, but oh. <laughs> it's Catalan, <laughs> but it's not Catalan from Catalonia, it's Catalan from, from Valencia. So that's another language too. But when I hear Spanish from Spain, it's so different from Spanish from Chile. It is difficult sometimes for me to understand them when they speak really fast. So it's, it actually backfired because I wanted to be like really, really relaxed about the language and not to think about anything when, when I speak. And it, it, it is not that way, but it is definitely better than German. Yeah. Oh, I mean, <laughs> German is uh, like now, German is my second language, but it's still, still not to think at all what are you going to say. Like really automatic, like a reflex, it's, it's like a relief for the brain. <laughs> yeah, totally. But actually, German, I really like German. How about you? Yeah, I do really like it. And I like what it does to me. Like, I like the German mm-hmm. version of myself. Um, I think it's just a little, I'm like almost too harsh. Because I, mostly I learn German in my workplace. And in my workplace, I have to put on a little stronger force of strictness than I would generally have, mm-hmm. just given the work that I do. But mm-hmm. because of this, I'm noticing that my German self is a little bit more uptight. And now that I'm trying to socialize in German, <laughs> I'm really noticing this, that I need to learn how to be like friendly and, and funny and loose in German because it doesn't work to put like my work brain into a bar and try to talk to people, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted to ask if you ever had like your ultimate loneliness low point. Yes, I had many of them, but the <laughs> ultimate, ultimate, ultimate <laughs> was when I, I didn't feel like I belong in Austria and I, I started to ask, why, why am I doing here? I have no job, I have no friends, the relationship wasn't in, a bed, in the best place. I was so close, I, I didn't talk about my loneliness with anybody. I was just uh, resenting anybody, everybody because I was lonely, so it's their fault, but I wasn't talking about it. I was uh, back home. Of course, everything is fine. My life is perfect. Uh, I don't want to worry them. I don't want them to, to, to think or to see that I'm sad because it worries them. And here uh, up there in, in Vienna, I was rejecting anybody because I wasn't seeing the point. 
So it was like an active isolation from my, from my part. Yeah, that was my lowest point. Huh. It was really difficult, and it was it took a lot of auto auto uh, how do you say that work self work self work <laughs> to get out of there because I was I was feeling really really depressed. So in that situation, it, really it sounds like you're saying it was less of an issue of like the people around you and more an issue that you had to work on from within yourself. Is that correct? Exactly. So it, it, it is correct. But it started because I was putting too much effort of meeting on meeting people and I wasn't meeting anybody. Okay. In my point of view at that time, it was really superficial or it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a connection with the person or I was uh, trying to schedule meetings and calling this person and, and insisting on meeting and they will rejected or they will say okay no I can't because you know as you know they are really direct direct so they say no I don't have time or no I have better, better not but uh, I have more important things to do or whatever <laughs> so <laughs> so at one point I said okay enough I'm not trying anymore they don't want me so them yeah. and <laughs> uh, I, I will be super by myself and that's when I, where it started then, when people uh, uh, started to reach out, I started to reject because if you don't want me, what should I want you? You know. Right. So uh, that what it was that it was that I hadn't uh, got a job because my German wasn't good enough, and uh, the relationship wasn't in a good place, mostly because the way I felt. So I I I feel lonely in in every every part of my of my life, you know, socially in the relationship and in the career. But it is, of course, it, because I'm talking to you right now and I'm, and I'm good. So <laughs> it, 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 it didn't last forever. So I, I wanted to say that as well. It doesn't last forever. It ends. Okay. And in, in, my, in my experience, it was because I started to talk about it. it I, I opened myself. Uh, at the beginning, I started to write. I, I, I kept a journal. So I started to put all these feelings and all these thoughts in a journal. And I started to feel more relief about it. And after that, I, because when I felt ready, I went and uh, speak with my people in Chile, with my friends in Chile about it. And that was the beginning of a better place when I start to open myself and, and talk about it. I think that's so mm -hmm. important what you said too about telling your friends from back home that you were in a bad yes. place because mm -hmm. I totally get what you said earlier about wanting to be like everything's great you don't have to worry about me because mm -hmm. they're, they're, I think your family and friends do find, feel a little pressure if they think you're not doing well but you're so far away and they feel helpless like mm -hmm. well, how can I help you mm -hmm. I can't and so mm -hmm. you want to protect them by saying oh no it's all good nothing to see here but in reality we do live in a world with a lot of technology and if you do just admit to them that you're not doing well they can step up and send you texts or give you a call via Skype or WhatsApp or whatever it might be mm -hmm. like they they can be there for you even from far away yeah. and that can be such a yeah. help and a comfort so that you can take the next steps to start to feel like you're on more solid ground where you are living now exactly exactly and and, and another thing about that is putting so much effort and seeing in seeming or in appearing to be great abroad for their family and friends you know, so they, they are uh, in a way put, putting them away because if they think, okay, she's great or he's great abroad, she doesn't need me. He doesn't need me anymore. What's the point of making effort to meet you on a Skype date if you're so great and, and it doesn't, uh, you don't have any place in your life anymore? Right. Me. 
You know, that's what the people in your country of origin think. So you are, you're, it's, like a, it's like a circle, okay, like a vicious, vicious circle. You are putting so much effort and not to worry them and everything is great and my life is great. And the reaction of them is, okay, you don't need me in your life anymore. I'm not trying to be uh, that much in your life as, I'm, I, as I am right now because you don't need me. Yeah, totally. And I think, okay, so mm-hmm. if we start to look at, we've transitioned from talking about like your low point to like what you did to get out of it. And I think the first great idea was to write about it, to journal about it. Uh, the mm-hmm. second one was to tell your friends and family back home, honestly, how you're doing. And I would expand that exactly. to like a third point to tell the people that you're around where you live that you're feeling this way. And maybe you don't have to unload it all at once. You know, maybe that's not mm-hmm. how, how you're going to get a lot of friends just by being like, I'm feeling <laughs> terrible always. <laughs> but you can be honest about it in a way. You know, I remember there would be people that I would meet passively just here and there, but they always seemed to me like they were so established here that Mm -hmm. they wouldn't want anything to do with me who was still figuring it out and vice versa with other people. They would think I seemed so established that they would be a little bit more hesitant to reach out to me because they were like, Oh, well she already has friends. Um, So I tried to, yeah, Mm -hmm. I tried to be more honest with other people too, to be like, Hey, like we, we chat when we run into each other. Like I, you know, I could use a couple more friends or, you know, I, I, I'm looking to get to know more people, however you want to phrase it, just put it out there mm-hmm. and say like, look, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not closed off. I'm not done. I'm, I'm open and maybe they'll re- reciprocate. And another thing, Nicole, that, that it, 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 it occurred to me now is sometimes people think that they will feel better if they meet people and they make friends. They think that if they are social, they will feel better and if they have no friends they are there's something wrong with them but the, the the important thing is that they know what they really want do i really want to uh, go party every night to meet people or do i actually enjoy the time alone that i have to read to to spend time with myself you know what i mean yeah. it's like if you are surrounded by people by friends you're happy and if you don't, it, it, you, maybe it's something wrong with you and you're unhappy. But maybe it's just you don't like to be so social and maybe join one or two people, but not a group of people. And learn yourself. Learn what you want. Learn what, which people you want to meet. Learn what, uh, what are your priorities and not, and not the priorities of the know, society, if you may, um, to be happy because you have friends. And, and, and maybe you're happy when you're alone reading a book sometimes and not always surrounded by people. Oh, this is sitting so close to home for me right now because this is exactly how I am. Yeah. And even like <laughs> I was saying about joining this dance class and feeling like, oh, this is where I have to make friends now. I'm sort of realizing mm-hmm. like, no, I, I don't. If it happens and I want that, sure, it's fine. But I don't need mm-hmm. to go to dance class viewing it as my chance to make friends. Like that's a stress that I don't, want or need when I go there I want to have fun and enjoy the activity and I do like that it's social I do like that you make contact with other people but I don't actually need it to go further you know it's completely Mm -hmm. fulfilling for me to just spend this hour and a half in a room with other people dance with other people sometimes make little jokes or or laugh about how bad we are at dancing you know and that's it (laughs) I don't need to get their number and hang out with them after class like it's fine Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. it is and I think admitting that to myself is really good so I'm 
<laughs> personally thankful that you just said this because I'm having a revelation live right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really happy because it's so important because, you know, the, the, the introverted persons, they say, why should I meet people? Why should I put myself out there? If I don't want it, I'm really perfectly happy with my life, with my, with my, with my partner or even alone. You know, it's like, yeah, I enjoy people sometimes, but I don't know, 10% of my time. Yeah. The other 90%, I want to be with myself and that's perfectly fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> so with that, okay. then, I, I need to go like bask in the glory of my newfound revelation. So we're going to wrap up. <laughs> it is time for our ending segment, which is called Zack, Zack, Zack. It is a Ooh. rapid fire question round where I'm going to ask you three questions that you're going to answer without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. Okay. You ready? Yes. Okay. First thing, what are you currently watching on Netflix? Oh, uh, Mr. Robot and uh, Good Place, The Good Place. What is the last song that got stuck in your head? <laughs> um, uh, Despacito. <laughs> <laughs> Great. And we are wrapping up on the year 2019. Are there any fun little things that are on your to-do list? Any remaining New Year's resolutions that you're going to try to squeeze in before 2020? Yes, to go and swim in the winter, in a winter night. Uh, Maybe naked in the night in the winter. That's amazing. (laughs) That's the best possible answer that you could have given to that. Wow. Oh, man. Oh, I love that so much. Um, Okay, so, Gabriella, where can people find you? Where can they get more of your wonderful, wise insights? Oh, they they can find me. My website is gabriela-encina.com or in Instagram is at gabriela.expat.coach. Perfect. I will link to all of that in the show notes as well. And I'm so grateful that we found each other in this wild little expat world. You are exactly the right person to talk to about this topic. And I'm so appreciative that you took the time to come on the show. So thank you so very much. You're very welcome, Nicole. And thank you for doing this show. It's really, really helpful. And I really, really like to hear it. Oh, thank you for saying that. One more big, big thank you to Gabriella. I am instinctively holding my arms out for a hug as I say this. Gabriella offers life coaching in English and German and in Spanish, and she is available to talk with anyone out there who is listening to this episode and feeling a connection to her, feeling like she could be helpful for them. I know she's already been helpful for me, and she's not even my life coach. She just is a person who talked to me for an hour, and I already feel different. I have a feeling she's pretty good at what she does. Her information is in the show notes. While you're looking stuff up, go ahead and follow the Expat Cast on Instagram and on Twitter and subscribe to the show if you didn't already. You could even, dare I say, share it with a friend, leave a rating, a review, some stars. So many fun things to do. Wow. Thank you, as always, goes to Amy Lucky Art for the logo and to Side Hug for the theme music. They are also on Instagram at a hug from the side. Next week, we're going to be back in your feeds on Thanksgiving, and our episode is going to center around one thing that I am very thankful for. Till then, have a great week. Cheers!